Jordan, you don't look anything like Michael Cirillo. This is Auto Collabs. I don't. I got a little bit more. You don't hair. sound like him either. What are you oh, doing? I and I got a little bit lower voice or a little bit higher voice, not as low as his. Yep. <laughs> yeah. More definitely. hair, sunglasses, higher voice. You laugh more a, than he does. A weird cackle. <laughs> a weird cackle. Well, I mean, yes. look, it's always nice to have you sit in for, for MC because, you know, we get sick of him. <laughs> him and all of his deep, insightful questions making us Insight think about back. the real meaning of life. Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. That's right. Life, whatever. Uh, hey, we're not talking about the meaning of life today, although we may. Who knows? You never you know what there. we're going to get into here on Auto Collabs. Uh, but we've got Steve DeWitt, VP of Sales with Automotive Mastermind. And uh, I don't, do you guys know a lot about Steve? Nope. I think I met him one time. That's one of the things I love about the show when we get to, to spend some time with someone we don't know. Like I love, I love hanging with the people we know and we love, and you know, because sure, we kind of start jabbing and doing that. But that it's the new folks that I think are really great. And if we don't know them, there's a good chance that a lot of you don't know them as well, which is part of the, you know, part of the the point of this show. How can we introduce more people to other great people so that you can work together? It's called auto collabs for a reason. So we hope that whether you're meeting him for the first time or if you already know him. You get to enjoy this interview with Steve DeWitt. All right, we're hanging out with Steve. Steve DeWitt, thanks for joining us here on AutoClabs today, man. I'm super excited to be here. Good, good, awesome. Okay, track with me. I'm Basically, the only thing I know about you is I know from LinkedIn. So I need to know more from you because it's a whole bunch of been in auto for a very long time. Not just in auto, it's like been like running things at stores running things in auto at stores yes. you have a deep history on the retail side of the business um talk to us a little bit about what your retail experience is in in auto at this point yeah you know um got into auto in the early 90s i was part of those conversations in the early days of hey what if we should start an internet department like <laughs> you know like these kinds of conversations and my at my gm at the time was like What's the internet? We don't need one of those. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. So um, I aged myself there a little bit, but uh, was in the business for about 23 years, 15 of those like GSM or GM kind of roles at, at big, big stores here in Dallas. So, um, you know, what's interesting is a lot of times people are like, why'd you get in the car business? And it was really, and not to steal y'all's tagline about people, but I, when I first got in the car business, everyone around me tried to keep me dumb because they didn't want me to take their job or to learn uh, whatever. And I was one of those guys where I want everyone around me better. And I want to, I want to have a deep bench because if I got to tap someone on the shoulder and have the next man up philosophy, I want to, I want to show them what it's like. So now all these um, guys and girls that used to sell cars for me are running dealerships. And it makes me so proud because I was able to pour into so many people in those 23 years. And I, and you know, the, Auto is a small world anyway, right? So you never burn bridges and you try to bring everyone around you better and up. So um, that's why I love y'all's tagline so much because it, it is about the people for sure. Yeah, I mean, we got to pass that credit over to Liza Borsches because she's the one that that came up with it. I was just like, we're going to put that on a t-shirt. And she was like, fine. Right now, <laughs> and then we just carried it forward. So, yeah, she's I mean, awesome. 
but when you got in, you said like everyone was had this very this mentality of very like protectionism. Who was it in your career that like kind of saw your motivation and your talent and kind of gave you the hand up saying, let me show you, let me show you the path? Yeah, it was kind of interesting because when I finally got into finance and I was doing a really good job in finance, if you're really good at it, you can get stuck there, right? And I had bigger <laughs> aspirations. You know, I had bigger aspirations and things I wanted to do. And I had a, a new car sales director at the time, and she's like, Hey, you know, I want you on the sales desk. I want you to desk deals. I want you to do all that, but I gotta find someone to replace you with that can do the same thing you've been doing that's been so did I lose you guys? Oh, almost. You're there. You You're there. Did I lose you or no? Okay. No, we're good. You're good. So, um, so she gave me, she gave me my first chance. She's like, Hey, if you can find me someone that can do what you've been doing, I'll give you your first opportunity on the new car desk. And so she did it. Hmm. And when I got up there, that's where I started seeing the, there's so many people that don't want to teach you anything. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to be an open book. I'm going to teach you everything I can because I want my job to be easier because I'm not going to get to where we're not going to grow this place to where it needs to be if I'm the one trying to control everything. Yep. That's I mean, that's that's such a it's, it's so interesting because I think and I don't think this is just auto. There's this desire to exercise a level of control in leadership because then there's ownership, then there's like the ability to know what's going on, the ability to execute based on your specific desires and what that actually like there's a good nature to that. But what it actually does is actually not enable the rest of your team to be great at what they do. We talk about this all the time, actually, just the access to information in auto. Just that, that alone, let alone like talking about the profit margins or how you read a statement and training someone under you or anything like that, but just the access to information about what's going on in the industry, what's happening right now so that you can be better prepared for your job. It's so hard to get that pressed down into organizations. Why do you think that mm, is? Like, what's question. the, why, why do people that are in leadership, in management, we'll go specifically auto, even though I think it's like a universal truth. Why do you think that? kind of like is the barrier. I, I think it's because a little bit of the, all you know is all you know. Yeah. And if you came up that way, then, and you, and you saw someone that you thought was successful running a dealership and you saw the way they did it, you're like, oh, well, that's what success looks like. I've got to do it that same way. And you have to, you know, kind of pioneer your own path because that's not, it could, they could even be even more successful if they empowered their people and did these kind of things. So I think there's a lot of, you know, we've always done it that way. And I think that's part of the epidemic in automotive to a certain degree is you got to continue to evolve or you're going to die if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. So, um, you see a little bit of that today. How does that, how does that mentality like kind of translate into like this point in your career? Obviously you look back through your LinkedIn profile and you'll see general sales manager, general sales manager, right? Director of sales, right? In store, 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 store. You flipped over to the industry partner side. Tell us about why you made that move and like how you see things now from being on the other side of the table. Yeah. So I, I was at, I was at one of those moments where I was like, Hey, do I want to keep chasing my dream of owning a dealership or do I want to grow ever more, even a, a whole new base of people? And I made the conscious decision to go over to the, to the vendor software side and be an individual contributor just because I wanted to see one, if I could do it. Right. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I, I thought I could like a challenge. I, yeah. You know, could I do it? And at the time that when, when I, when I went to work for the company, they had never hired someone that didn't have software sales experience. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but the person we're selling to the persona we sell to is the guy I was for 20 years. If anyone understands that persona and what they need and what they desire, it's me. So give me a chance. And so, you know, that's, that's what, that's what I got into. And I, I wanted to run a team again, because when you ran stores with, you know, 150 to 180 employees, and then you're one guy in a car, you, you're not using all your skill sets, right? So I quickly right. became a director and was running the West Coast team of seven people. And then now I'm the VP of sales. And I've got 42 people that, you know, roll up to me or whatever. And I'm that's what I love. I love running teams. I love guiding and leading teams. And, 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 really inspiring the next level. Like we, we promote a lot of people from within mm -hmm. and I promoted um, six people this year in the new higher roles, which created some gaps and some vacancies, but it was the right thing to do for the person. And so we wow. said, Hey, it's going to give us some pain in the short term, but long term, I know I've got the right people doing what they need to do. Do you have, do you get, do you get to go in the stores much anymore? I go into stores a lot, not as much as I did initially when I was out, you know, selling the product and those kind of things. Um, now I am in more of like group meetings um, and those kind of things. But if if the if the people want to meet with me, then I'm definitely going to be there. I still travel a ton, and you know, the one thing that's been surprising to me in this role is, you know, I was at a Toyota store for a long time, as you guys saw on my LinkedIn, and so I used to look at stores that were ahead of me on the leaderboard, and I'd be like, man, those guys are really sharp. They're probably like, I'd love to see that store because what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing that I I'm not doing? And then I, in this, in this role, I've been into some of those stores and I'm like, they're doing the same stuff I was doing. Like they're not doing anything. Unique. Well, what's the differentiator then? I think the differentiator is market, right? Um, there's definitely some metros and stuff that are obviously easier than others or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that once you build this brand and this you know, the, everyone around you knows what you are and how you're doing it and everything else. Cause you know, you, you can't, you can't outspend negative words, right. But you can definitely, once you've built such a reputation or brand, you can crush it. And, uh, so I'd get out there and I'm like, they have just as many little lacks in their processes that I had. They just have done a better job at this, this, or this. Right. So, um, that was very eye opening for me because, I, I used to put some of those people on pedestals and go, man, one day I want to be like that. Right. What's and the magic wand like, back there? Right. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. They're just, you know, maybe they've been doing it longer. Maybe they've got a better team, like whatever. Um, but it was eye opening for sure. What do you think? It is. It's interesting. Like, especially as I've, cause I, you know, I've, over the last couple of years have been on the industry partner media side and you look around and like, industry problems are are fairly universal, right? Everybody deals with them in slightly different ways, but I've got relationships with people at public groups that are literally dealing with the same exact problem as single rooftops right now, right? And that's like, I would have never thought that. Like, oh, they probably have that knocked out at the big group. They, they, they blew past that a long time ago, figured it out but it's really not the case. And you get to see that firsthand because like a technology, like automotive mastermind is really something that um, is, is so localized. It's like, it's meant for a dealer or a small, you know, like to really own 
their customer database. And so like, it's always all the same problem that we're dealing with doing that. What are, what are some of the key problems that you're finding right now that dealers are having to deal with mm -hmm. because of the way that your, your technology approaches the, the store or the customer? Yeah, I, I think there's this big desire right now to connect as many communication paths as you can, right? Because mm -hmm. every consumer in America would say, hey, if they could communicate more effectively with me, I'd be happy about it, right? But right. not knowing what the left and right hand are doing is not what they're looking for. And so as you connect more and more platforms together in different ways, so everyone's talking and everyone's integrating, like that's the win right now. And, and it's exciting to see automotive headed that direction. Um, and you, you think of like first party data being so important, but the hygiene of that data is just as important. And then, hey, if they do this over here, I need to maybe do something different over there, right? And connecting all of that is something we haven't had for a long time because things don't talk. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, as things start talking, um, it's going to be a better experience for the consumer, but it's also going to be really good for the dealer because their customers are going to be more satisfied. It's a better experience and it makes sense. I think when digital retailing first started, there was a lot of dealerships that would, a customer would start the journey online start the transaction process, if you will. And they'd go into the store and the dealership would make them go back to step one. Yeah. Right. Right. Which I'll always used that. to drive me, drive me crazy. Right. When DR started, you mean like yesterday? <laughs> I <knew it> coming. <laughs> huh. So, so I, I huh. think, I think that's the thing. Like, it, like as an example, even a mastermind, like some of the conversations we're having is, you know, once a lead comes in a form lead, if you will, sh should our marketing stop? Right. Like, is it something where we've been proactive and we got the customer into a conversation, but now we're looking at all the different data sets that we have. If, if Kyle sends in a lead now, and now the internet department's talking to him, our external marketing that's helped, helped him get to that point should probably turn off, right? Unless something stalls or drags out or whatever. And when, when we f figure that out in automotive, then that's where it's going to be a whole new thing, right? Because First party data is really important. Third party data, as we know, is, you know, going further and further away. And, you know, I, I think about the other day, I was reading an article about people not answering their phone anymore. Right. And when I was in the dealership, the last I was time I answered my phone, good night, <laughs> I was hammering the phones, right. For customers. And, uh, you know, if you can connect all of that and get a better customer experience, like that's all just like where it needs to be. So, so. What do you think is the biggest misconception that dealers tend to have? Like as you're in and out of stores, as you're on calls, you're interacting with your sales team. What, what do a lot of people have wrong about this new approach? You know, like what's the top one? I, I think the top one is they feel, and this may sound a little weird, I guess, but they feel like everyone wants their data to be very private. But I think what, consumers really want is if you're going to use the data the right way to make oh, you, a better. Wait, experience. let me clarify that for a second. You're oh, saying you feel like dealers, their perception is that the customers are very concerned about their data being private. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that, that dealerships um, don't maybe connect all the time that customers are just looking for a better experience. And, you know, the old phone call of, Hey Kyle, I want to buy your car. Oh, by the way, what is it? Like, like those kind of things are just bad things. 
<laughs> and I, I don't know about you guys, but if, if, if someone served me up an ad that was appropriate and made sense, I'm all in. Like I was just thinking, Hey, I don't like my TV downstairs. If someone would serve me up a really good deal right now in an ad, I'm thinking about buying a TV. It probably would make a lot of sense. Do you think that's because you're in sales and marketing? I don't know. I'm just throwing devil's advocate. I don't, I don't actually, think so. I'm, I'm the same way. I've just never asked this question. I'm the same way. I'm like, cross app, track me, know my dad. You already have it all anyway. Yeah. Like, just have it. Just make sure that when you talk to me, it's the right thing, right? But like, we're not getting that we're seemingly not getting that from mass media. So I wonder if anyone's actually done any studies on like, Hey, what do who I, actually what feels that way? Really who, who feels what, which way? I don't know. It's the I'm same just, thing. Of, it out there. It's the same thing of people email me all the time on LinkedIn trying to say, Hey, Steve, you're the VP of sales of mastermind. We'd like to help you do this, this, or this. How would you like for me to follow up? And I, I may say, Hey, email's best. And they'll call me. And I'm like, you just asked me how to follow up email, phone call, or LinkedIn message. I said, an email would be great. And then you call me like, what are we doing there? <laughs> yep. And it's like for years in auto, we were like, oh, thank goodness. We can finally talk to people. And then it was like, talk to them more. Wait, talk to them more. No, you, you got to talk to them more, add more, call them more. Talk to them more, send them birthday emails, send them all this type of stuff. And it's like in, uh, the OEM's talking to them and the dealer's talking to them. And then the marketing thing is talking to them. And then something else, the lead comes in and they're talking to them. And there's this, we've now got to kind of like peel back the onion to say, all right, what is the communication that we actually have to have right now? And what's the one thing that we can communicate with them but that's a, it's a big ask because there's a lot of peels on the onion oh, right now, yeah. I feel like. Well, I think, you know? I think that's the key though, right? When he was talking about what's the biggest misconception of dealers, it's like they, they want a phone call when they should get a phone call and not when they shouldn't, right? Right. When are we talking it, to them and why are we talking to them right now? Yeah, like the why, like the why and how, like why should we talk to them, when should we talk to them and how should we talk to them is the most prevalent right now than it's ever been, but we haven't figured it out, right? So- as we get better at that, then I think that's where the key is. But the, I think the misconception is, I mean, a lot of it is just what you have, right? If you go into your CRM and this is your work plan and you're calling your calls and there's not a whole lot of outside data power in that, you're just going through your list. But that doesn't mean you should call them. And it doesn't mean that it's a good use of your time or the consumer's time, right? So um, that's kind of the the when, the why, and the how are very important. So what's like, what's a thing right now? The dealer's going, okay, no one's figured it out. No one, it's not working as there's still some disconnected data. What can a dealer do, go in right now into their organization, into their operations and pick one thing out to just like start to peel back the onion? How do they, how do you start? I think the way you got to start more than anything is you can't just rely on DMS and CRM data because it's very static. It's like a Polaroid. Like DMS data is whatever you did last time you were there, you may have moved since then. You may not even own the car anymore. Like that static data is, you need more, you need data that is constantly being hygiened and clean. And whether that's using a CDP or a data lake or whatever you're doing, like that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't know how many people I would call a day back when I was on the retail side that no longer owned the car. I didn't know they no longer owned the car because I didn't have any use of that. I didn't see the data. Right. 
Um, and I, I probably could have called someone that did own the car that I needed to talk to, but I was spinning my wheels over here. So I think that's, that's the piece of it for sure. Like, well, and, and the way, the way that works is just making sure that whoever you're using integrates with everyone else. Right. Cause I think have, that's, yeah. Like that's everybody playing nice together that that's becoming more and more prevalent when it doesn't happen. And, and thankfully it seems like there's less and less tolerance for it. Because as soon as we start to get more and more solutions that do like to play well with others, the tolerance for the people that don't is going to force the issue and people need to play well together, which is, you know, collaboration. It's kind of in the DNA. Yeah, I think, I think of like form leads, right? If you, you know, if you send in a form lead and then you get 80 phone calls, next time you're not putting a good phone number in, right? So Abs never. Right. Yeah, we're 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 creating our own junk, our yeah. own like bad. Well, it's always kicking the can down, right? Not thinking of that way. Well, yeah. listen, this has been an awesome conversation, Steve. Uh, I love it when we have somebody that takes it from like coming up through the ranks in the stores to the industry partner side because the level of understanding and empathy uh, just goes through the roof. So, uh, thanks for joining us today on the show. It's been really great talking with you. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. Um, super super fun. And it's always great to talk to you. You know, there's a common theme when we talk to people that are paying attention to the broader industry and the broader dynamics of what it takes to run a business, run a dealership, serve customers, is that empowering employees tends to be a common theme. Yeah. Like that's surprise, the way surprise. to grow in, in whatever industry, whatever part of our industry is grow by empowering others like bring others along and and he him doing that when he was in the dealership but also in his current role you know that it's that's that's what i love a lot of times people will be like ah dealers ah vendors either side of the road but there's so much of the same dynamics in in each side of the industry jordan it's your turn to say something michael cirillo just usually butts in oh, right, four right. times by now just happens he's just being so polite <laughs> politeness right <laughs> no one of the things that steve mentioned was that when he was in a role like in finance was he couldn't get promoted because he was so good at his job so there's two parts in that dynamic is you either get promoted to a job you're not good at or you get stuck in a job that you're really good at so again there's a couple sides of that but his his view and his focus on really empowering the rest of his team and helping other people get to the same level as him so that he could have store-wide success is really something I took away from that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just love the people side of it and the team. Dynamic. Always. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And, and, and I have to, if, if I would be remiss if right now in, in the, what our industry is talking about, if I didn't recap the fact that so many people are talking about what leveraging data does to serve customers better. And how do we take all of this rich data that we have just, just in silos and bring it to a place where customers can feel more cared for and employees can feel more equipped to take, to, to do that care. That's, I think if, if collaboration, the thing that we are talking about at the beginning of the show means anything in the next 12 months and, and we're heading quickly to NADA, mm -hmm. if there's anything that comes out of this, I, I hope that it's, you know, yes. We're going to introduce AI and CDPs and, and we're going to get better attribution and all that, right? But if collaboration means bringing together disconnected data in order to empower employees to better care for customers, the industry will win. 
it's funny how the two things we're talking about, like you think when you develop your team and you bring the people together, that those people are much more likely to play well with others and bring the data together. Those things are not disconnected. Uh, they're actually very connected. So on, uh, we hope you enjoyed your time with us. This interview is so much fun for us. We can't wait to connect uh, next time. Probably at NAD is when we're going to get to hang out with Steve a little bit. So on behalf of Kyle Mountseer, Jordan Cox, our fill-in for the one and only Michael Cirillo, I'm Paul J. Daly. We'll see you next time on Autoclubs. Sign up for our free and fun-to-read daily email for a free shot of relevant news in automotive, retail, media, and pop culture. You can get it now at asotu.com. That's A-S-O-T-U.com. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome, Welcome to, to AutoCollapse. Auto <laughs> Why are we recording? Are we rolling yet? <laughs>